Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. As you know, I'm Andy Simon, and my job is to help you get off the brink, to help you see, feel, and think about things in new ways, and to find people who are going to help you open your mind to possibilities when you may not be really aware of them or even paying attention to what you know already. Often I find that the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, is so overwhelming that humans just fly the other way. That old part of your brain says, don't touch it, don't do it, don't please make me do it. I'm happy where I am, but maybe I need something to help me change. So today I have with us a wonderful person, Nathan Richter from Kansas City. I met Nathan at a workshop I was doing on culture and culture change. And this was a very interesting group of people who really got into the whole idea of what is culture, the essence of who we are, and how do you change? And out of that, Nathan reached out and said, I have a story to share. I'd like to share it with your audience and his own. And let's see if we can help people do something that they may be afraid of. Remember, your your brain hates change. The pain of it is really painful. And today you're going to be a little bit painful, but not much, because now you're going to learn something new that's going to help you really perhaps solve a problem. Nathan, thank you for joining me. Good morning, Andy. It's so great to be here, and thanks for having me. Well, it's so much fun to share you, so that's my pleasure. Let me read you a little bit about Nathan's background to set the stage, and of course, then I'll let him tell his own journey. It's a great story. He was born in Oklahoma City, as he says. He's a graduate of Mustang High School, which I always enjoy sharing, and the University of Oklahoma and Oklahoma City University School of Law. He began um, as an attorney. But before he began his legal career, he was a geneticist, and he also served in the Oklahoma Army National Guard and was deployed to Afghanistan to support Operation Enduring Freedom in 2003, where he received the Joint Forces Commendation Medal and other awards. Doesn't surprise you. Wait till you hear his story. He's served in a variety of leadership positions, and he's currently serving as CEO of Nature's Key. But I do think that today's story is about nature's key because he has a particular interest in helping you understand the problem or challenge he faced and how something called medical marijuana, which you've heard about, became a solution that might not have been something he would have gone to out of nothing, out of the ordinary. Nathan, I, I truly enjoyed listening to your story. Share it with our listeners. And who is Nathan? What has your journey been like? Well, um, Nathan is Nathan. Uh, Nathan's another human being that just likes to serve other human beings. <laughs> um, and I appreciate you reading a little bit of my background because, uh, and, and frankly, setting the frame for your, your podcast, because it's one of the, the most beautiful things about life is that change is constant. It's a given and there's nothing we can do about it. So we might as well embrace it. And that scares a lot of people. Because we don't understand the unknown. And if we don't know what we're facing, then we're afraid of it. And But life's full of it, right? Life's full of changes. It's full of twists and turns and pivots. And my story is kind of one of those that I hope might help some of your listeners. Um, I was, by and large, your rule-following kid growing up, right? I grew up in small-town Oklahoma, uh, raised in the church. And, you know, by God, we were rule-following, law-abiding citizens. and. Um, medical marijuana, which wasn't even really didn't even exist at the time, was one of those taboo things that by and large on every Saturday morning between every uh, cartoon, we saw the 
the commercial running of the, uh, you know, the frying pan and the egg and this is your brain and this is your brain on drugs. And it goes in the frying pan and then any questions. Oh, you right? remember so. that much more vividly than I do. It clearly stuck. <laughs> uh, that yeah, fried so. brain was a fried brain. <laughs> it was, a, and it made an impression. And, you know, I, by and large would have never, ever tried this particular uh, plant or this particular product for any reason uh, because of that. Went through school, went through, uh, went through college, uh, was always gravitated towards leadership and leadership positions, serving on boards and serving on uh, committees and things like that. Uh, was fascinated by science, so got my bachelor's degree in genetics and worked on, um, initially, the Human Genome Project. My, the lab that I worked for at the time was sequencing uh, human, mouse, and plant genome DNA uh, as they were mapping that this was the late nineties. So, you know, now you think about companies like 23 and me and you go, wow, <laughs> but they were working on stuff back then. So i um, served in leadership positions in the military. Uh, you mentioned I was deployed, uh, 2003. So early in the uh, war operation enduring freedom, uh, my unit was deployed to, to Afghanistan, uh, and life altering, uh, experiences there. Um, and then, yeah, I served as a trial lawyer, which also gave me a lot of life, life altering, you know, um, experiences and things that I saw and people that I represented. All of it led to um, really a, 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 about the four or five years ago, led to a situation where I had um, I had moderate PTS. Uh, I was having problems sleeping. Uh, I, I couldn't, and I always struggled to sleep following my return home from Afghanistan, but. Uh, by and large, I, I, I managed it uh, fairly well until, frankly, the stress and life and everything caught up to me. It became coping with alcohol, you know, things of unhealthy nature. Um, and I was prescribed some sleeping aids to try and, you know, help me overcome my sleep habits. Um, Ambien was one of them. Um, I will never take that drug again. <laughs> I took it and had the worst hallucinations I've ever had. Uh, we didn't sleep. It was awful. Um, and so by and large, a friend of mine, uh, and my uh, brother actually said, look, um, medicines aren't for you. We all know that you're not an over the counter or really even a prescription medicine guy. You never have been. Uh, I know this is also not for you. Um, you're not an illegal guy. So, um, but we want you to try medical cannabis to sleep. Um, and so they did. I, I, I did. I, I took their advice. Uh, I took a, an edible, low-dose edible and learned how to manage my sleep without the escapism that most people associate with, with cannabis and CBD. Um, and it was a life-altering change for me. Uh, literally, I um, believed in the change so much because of the experiences I had, the positive experiences. I mean, I went from sleeping two hours a night, Andy, to sleeping uh, eight, nine hours a night. Um, and it wasn't just the amount of time, it was the quality of sleep. And I'm one of those data geeks. I wear this little fitness device. I track all my sleep. I track my workouts. I track, you know, my health, my fitness, my heart rate, all of that stuff. And so not only did I feel the change in my sleep, quality of sleep, quantity of sleep, I saw it in the data. I was getting better sleep and I felt more rested. I was more productive. Um, so much so that I had invested early on in a business. I believed in it that much. And then ultimately, uh, a couple of years ago, um, took over and started running my company, uh, both on this. We have a CBD company and we have a medical cannabis company. Um, and, 
you know, what we do now is educate and try and help people understand that um, the world of cannabis is not one of escapism. It's not one of party and uh, it can be, there's certainly a side to it. Uh, but there's also another side to it. And that is that really high functioning people that have stresses and normal sort of aggravations in their life um, who don't necessarily prescribe to things like pharmaceuticals and narcotics can find an alternative to cope with those without the harmful coping mechanisms we've come to know, like alcohol, other hard drugs, um, things like that. And so that's my pivot. That's the change that happened in my life. And uh, I will tell you and your listeners that um, it was not an easy decision to pivot and go and lead a company versus uh, practicing law. Um, I had my own practice for about 15 years. So shutting that down and transitioning to the business world was uh, scary, uh, terrifying in many regards, um, <laughs> especially for, uh, you know, to move into a startup and an emerging industry that's very volatile and very unknown. Um but it's been one of the most exhilarating changes. Uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to help um, over 60 kids and hundreds and hundreds of adults understand how they can use um, purpose-driven products is what I call it, purpose-driven products to, to live a better quality of life, whether it be through a workout, whether it be through sleep. Um, they're finding a better way than using or leaning on a, a man-made you know, pharmaceutical that has really terrible side effects that um, they end up having to take another pill for the side effect. Um, mm -hmm. So it's been very exhilarating. It's very fulfilling um, in in this change. Um, and had I been scared, had I been worried about the unknown, I probably wouldn't have the joy I have in my life right now. So, um, you know, Nathan, they, we always preach, if you want to change, have a crisis or create one. Um, and you had reached crisis moment, had you not? I had. Yep. What what is is most disturbing as I look at our society today is the percentage of people who are full of anxiety, depression, um, and of uh, and and of having fun in life. You know, we know that life is a gift, and if you can't sleep well at night, your mind doesn't go through its its regimen to reorganize itself, get your stories, you don't you know, the, the mind is extremely important. And if you can't sleep, you wake up and you're you're you can't really function. And after a while you are not, you're dysfunctional, your body is dysfunctional. And sometimes we don't even know what the catalyst is for that mind that's running away. Um, but you know, it's not an, an uncommon phenomenon without people knowing what to do about it. As we were as we were talking before, and I'm listening to you, I think our listeners need to understand um, where and when to use medical uh, cannabis, medical marijuana. You know, what is it? Is it smoking something? Is it eating something? I always hear a friend of mine who went up to a town in New England, a college town, pulled up to a little place to get lunch only to find out that all the food was imbued with marijuana. And, <laughs> and she really didn't know what she was looking at or buying. Um, the age differences certainly cut in there. But but it was it's becoming a, not quite ubiquitous, but it is becoming more available in different ways. And and for listeners who may 
have a bit of a crisis or want to know how it could apply to theirs, what do you, how do you begin to educate them? Your point about I've educated dozens of kids and dozens of adults, um, and, you know, we're in the top 3% of, of podcasts globally. Educate my listeners. What do we, what should we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is well. Most so, what I'd like to tell people about the medical cannabis world is that it's it's not your grandpa's weed, right? It isn't the stuff that you bought when or that your grandpa got from his buddy in the '60s. Um, in the world that we play in, medical cannabis is incredibly potent. <laughs> it's highly concentrated. It's highly, you know, I, I hate to say refined, but uh, it's grown in such a way that the strains and the percentages and the uh, content is very, very high potent potency. Um, so what I would tell people is, look, um, by, by and large, um, I think the stats are mental illness has more than tripled since the pandemic was the most recent stat I saw. Um, and a lot of people are looking for um, something to escape their problems. Um, I don't like to tell people to use medical cannabis to escape. Don't, you know, don't let just much like alcohol. You don't need to drink to get drunk. You don't need to consume to get quote high. Um, so what I like to tell people is, you know, micro dose to your relationship with cannabis, start low, start slow, um, and layer it with a lot of CBD. So if you're a non-user, you've never been introduced to it. You're not familiar with it. You really don't know what you're looking for. Um, a CBD is where I would start. Um, and I would start with a very, very low dose uh, amount of THC. We call it full spectrum CBD. That is a CBD that comes from the hemp plant that contains the, the lesser amount of THC that makes sure it's compliant with the 2018 Farm Bill the United States government passed that carved out the definition for hemp. So you're looking for a full spectrum CBD product would be where most people should start. Um, if you're an ordinary, you know, or a, a regular, I should say, cannabis user, and you're familiar with the industry and you know kind of what's going on, um, I would say people need to look for, by and large, those folks already know kind of what works for them. Um, but if they don't, um, CBD, CBN, which is a cannabinoid, uh, minor cannabinoid, um, and low dose amounts of THC, the entourage effect worked really well to help people sleep. Um, when I say low dose, what I mean is less than two milligrams of what's called Delta 9 THC. That's the chemical that most people associate with cannabis. When you hear the word cannabis, most people think Cheech and Chong, that's Delta 9. Um, that's where the brain goes. If there's two milligrams or less of that, we call that a microdose. So uh, you want to make sure that whatever you're consuming has a lower dose of that. If people are looking for sleep, which is you know, it's a billion dollar industry. Um, most everybody I talk to says I'm tired and I'm busy. Those are the two biggest things I hear. How are you? Well, I'm tired and I'm busy. Okay. Well, why are you tired? Well, I didn't sleep well last night. Why don't you sleep well? Can turn the mind off. I, I hear this all the time. Um, yes. Common problem. And so what I try to explain to people is um, with a base amount of CBD, let's say 25 milligrams of CBD at night, in an edible format, so a gummy, right? And then lower lower than two milligrams of THC. So two milligrams or, or lower of THC is going to create an effect in your body that's going to allow the THC to turn your mind off 
And then the CBD causes your body to relax and go to sleep and you stay asleep longer um, and you get a better quality of sleep. But it's the, it's the synergy between the THC molecules turning the brain off and then the CBD allowing your body to relax that causes you to get really great sleep. If you have too much THC, so if you go to the 5 milligram or the 10 milligram now, that's going to create some anxiety. So I try to tell people, stay low, low and slow. That's once, once you learn kind of your dose, anywhere between one to two milligrams of Delta 9, 25 to 30 milligrams of CBD, and you start to feel that sleep, you can dial it in. And you'll know when, when you're there because you, you, you'll have the best sleep of your life. Um, that's kind of how we tell people start low, start slow. Um, but by and large, you know, um, 50% or more of Americans have tried cannabis at some point in time in their life, uh, according to some studies. Um, so everybody's at a different place in the, in their journey with it. Um, to the can of curious, as I call them, the people that have never tried it low and slow. If you're already in your journey, make it more purpose-driven, try to drive it towards sleep, uh, journal and uh, track your results and you'll find your what i call therapeutic dose and now a word from our sponsors simon associates management consultants that's us and we're here to help you see feel and think in new ways whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey simon associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that our first book on the brink a fresh lens to take your business to new heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls, and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. What's interesting listening to you is essentially launching a rebrand of um, of marijuana. Um, because, I, I mean, I live, I have a farm in northern Westchester in New York, and I have a barn. And I met some folks who knew a gentleman who had lived here. And they said, oh, yes, they grew pot in their attic. And we had pot parties in your barn. Are you going to do that again? I said, so funny. <laughs> I've been here 50 years, so you can imagine the time. And they did leave us their pot plants in the attic. I didn't quite know what to do with them. Um, and I didn't know about the pot parties in my barn until years later. But those were, and I had friends who 
um, would come with us on a vacation and and they would be smoking. We didn't. Neither my husband or I ever did, but th- clearly some folks liked it. I still have a friend who will start a dinner party and go outside to, to smoke for a, a little while, relaxing her so she can come and converse with us. People have used it for all kinds of different things. This is identifying something that people can use it for, uh, for to, to go into good health um, because that sleep can be extremely valuable to them. You were telling me about all of the signs that came out of a good night's sleep on your um, your wrist, your blood pressure, everything became happy. I'm not going to say it was happy because you were smoking. It was happy because your body had slept. Describe that a little bit. Yeah. So um, before I would have, uh, like, I'll use my heart rate as an example. Um, but before I started using cannabis as a sleep tool, I was tracking my sleep and my heart rate would fluctuate at night anywhere. I mean, 25, 30 beats a minute. It, it, it might drop to 65 to 50, maybe 55 at the low end to all the way up to 70, 75. And it would be pretty erratic throughout the night. So I wasn't, I, my body, That what that heart rate was telling me is that my body's not settled. My heart was pumping faster at some points in time during the night and slower during others. Obviously slower when I'm more relaxed, obviously faster when something is keeping me up, whether it's a noise or whether it's my mind or whether it's something going on. So I just saw erratic heart rate throughout the night. As I started using cannabis as a sleep aid, I found that my heart rate would naturally sort of descend as my body relaxed and then level out. And my heart, my resting heart rate went from in the mid to low 50s to the mid to low 40s and sometimes in the high 30s. Um, and I'm a runner, so I'm, I'm very physically fit. My, I've got a very strong heart rate. But to see that that change from being sort of an erratic to more of the descending heart rate told me that my body was naturally relaxing, falling into different states of sleep um, appropriately and not being pulled out of those states of sleep, instead staying in those states of sleep to let my body do what it's supposed to do. The most remarkable thing that happens with our bodies is that they can re- they can heal themselves. That's right. Like it's incredible to me <laughs> that, <laughs> that you get a cut on your skin and it goes away after a couple of weeks that your body can heal itself. Um, and we know through the sleep studies that our bodies heal themselves primarily at night is when your body really starts its rejuvenation process. And so I saw just with my heart rate alone that my body was going through the natural stages of sleep and the natural cycles appropriately. And then I was feeling it in the morning, waking up going, man, I feel refreshed. I feel focused. I'm clear. I'm energetic. I'm jumping out of bed. I'm ready to tackle the day instead of pouring myself out of bed you know, struggling to stumbling to get a cup of coffee, um, just a totally different um, energy. Once I realized how I could use it as a sleep tool, um, you know, there's a fun side to cannabis. You talk about pot parties, right? There's a fun side to it, um, and there's no doubt that there's a lot of people out there who enjoy the fun, the the more fun, hip party side of it. Um, but what, by and large, we miss is that there's actually a purpose-driven side to it as well. And the plant's been around for tens of thousands of years. Um, the, the Chinese learned about, you know, cannabis as a medicine thousands of years ago. Um, and so we've known about it for a long time. 
we just haven't been able to study it. We haven't been able to discuss it. We haven't been able to really research or do anything with it because it's been illegal for so long. Um, and so now we're, we're starting, people are starting to come become aware that it's more than just a reefer madness. Let's escape and go have a good time. Uh, it actually can help you with a lot of, a lot of things from nausea to antiviral, antifungal sleep, um, some massive anti-inflammatory. Uh, and so people are finding great benefit from it. Um, despite, uh, the stigma that really surrounds the plan and has for the last hundred years. I mean, you you spoke briefly just then. I was going to ask you about what else besides sleep. Sounds like many things that uh, might be uh, addressed with a pharmaceutical of some kind um, can perhaps yeah. be managed with the medical marijuana at a different fashion and enable people to feel better. Yeah. So I'm a guy that, uh, you know, I spent almost 10 years in military service. So I've got bad knees, bad ankles, bad back. <laughs> um, my runs, I, I love to run. I love to work out. My runs were painful. You know, during the run, I would feel the heaviness after the run. It would take me two or three days to recover. Um, using primarily CBD, but using it pre-workout, post-workout, I cut my recovery times in half. I, I shaved almost a minute off my run times. Um, it's kind of a nice little supplement vitamin, if you will, for your body that brings about a, something we call homeostasis inside your body. We're, we're, we're big giant chemistry experiments, right? Yep. And when one, when one chemical's out of whack and the other ones, you know, when, when they're not in balance, then we tend to find ourselves not behaving and not acting, not thinking like we, we should not, not like ourselves. So CBD brings about that homeostasis and lets your body do what it does best, heal itself and operate. Um, so I ended up shaving off, you know, minute off my run times, cut my recovery times in half. I mean, it was remarkable what I saw just from a workout perspective, much less the sleep perspective. Um, and again, all these things sort of. Right. Sorry. Um, I know I don't mean to interrupt you. Like you're you're intriguing me. I have a hunch you're intriguing my audiences as well. If people were uh, thinking about this, um, are there mm, support networks? I mean, sometimes people are more comfortable if there's someone to talk to about it so they don't feel like they are, you know, the worst thing to be is feel consciously incompetent. And if you're moving into a new area, and I have a hunch you were exploring, but you did it before they will be, um, are there networks, are there systems that can help them make wise decisions? There are um, in almost every state that has a market, uh, whether it be a recreational market or a legal medical market, um, there's all kinds of Facebook groups out there with people that are trying to educate, trying to teach, trying to help people. Um, I like to turn people on to uh, uh, um, foremost CBD women's health expert actually out of New York. Her name is Dr. Janella Chin. Um, an excellent resource for um, any information regarding CBD or medical cannabis. She is a tremendous um, um, just book of knowledge um, and has been using you know CBD and formulations and medical cannabis formulations in her practice for quite some time. Um, but Dr. June Chin is a great resource. The Internet of Things is full of information. Unfortunately, it's full of a lot of misinformation. Um, you can reach out to, uh, my company is actually, my CBD company is actually called Transcend. 
Um, www.transcend.life is our website. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got some resources on there. You can reach out to us. We're happy to answer questions at any point in time. Um, On the medical cannabis side in my my company, which is called Nature's Key, um, we actually have a whole education arm. Uh, where Joe Hager is my business partner, co-founder. He heads up our education arm, talks to patients every day, tries to help guide them and and suggest things to them that might help with whatever ails them. Um, And so depending on what state you're in, I'm sure there are resources there. Most of the time it's on Facebook. Um, But there are also great websites and great uh, experts in the field that can help guide people as well and help give them information. As you look going forward a little bit, people have said my website, my um, uh, podcast is a top 10 futurist podcast. And I always ask the question, what do you see coming next? Because humans are futurists. I mean, if we can begin to see, we feel more comfortable doing today. Um, Where do you see both CBD, medical marijuana, the culture around us moving towards um, because if we were all happy folks, that would be one thing, but there's so much that could be uh, useful. Um, and this is not arsenic. Um, this is better than yeah. not, not doing anything. Yeah, help us see where you see things going. Yeah. I mean, if I had a, an hourglass and I could look in or a, a crystal ball and I could look into the future 10, 20 years from now, uh, I think what I hope I see is that hemp cannabis have become great disruptors. Um, in modern day industry. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is what we're seeing trend line wise across the world is we've got to be more sustainable. We've got to be more regenerative. We we can't continue to um, uh, assault, if you will, the the land like we have and the environment like we have and and think that the world is going to continue to be as beautiful and as wonderful as we find it. Uh, We got to take care of it. Um, and we do that through farming, agricultural uh, methodologies and technologies. And what we're finding with hemp and with cannabis is that that particular plant, just from an agricultural standpoint, is incredibly robust. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a plant that can be grown um, three to four crops a year out, outdoor or outdoor one crop a year, three to four crops indoor. Um, it's, it's a plant that provides great benefit and nutrients back into the environment in which it's grown. And on the hemp side, it can be used for everything from paper to plastics to clothing to, I mean, you to concrete. Um, you can use that product to manufacture a lot of different textiles and things that, um, frankly, um, are kinder to the environment and um, potentially more cost uh, beneficial to the businesses. And so I think what we'll see in 10 to 20 years from now is hemp becoming a major commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be used as, a, as, a, as an input material for various manufacturing operations and various types of products that you see today. Um, I think that you'll see it start to show up in more cosmetics, um, health and beauty and wellness have really learned that CBD topically is a great skin nourishment and skin vitamin. Um, So I think you'll start to see CBD um, and maybe even low dose medical cannabis sort of infused into some products that you'll see in the health and beauty sector. Um, And then I think on the cannabis side, you'll start to see it over the next 20, 25 years, 
be introduced in the supplement world uh, and recognized as such. Um, but unfortunately, I think you're going to see a split and you're going to see the the medical side of cannabis um, by and large go one way. And unfortunately, the vice side of cannabis, that recreational side, go another. Um, and there'll be a place for both. Um, but where they end up, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't either. But at least, you, you, I mean, you can have the early uh, stages of um, what you see. It's the conversations that people are crafting. Remember, humans are meaning makers. We create meaning out of stuff. And hemp isn't inherently good or bad. You know, until we begin to see ways that we can use it for ourselves for different purposes, uh, it just is. And and slowly, this country is beginning to see how to change something it thought was bad. Um, you remember Prohibition got <laughs> alcohol to go into the back rooms. Um, we we yeah. have this this penchant for taking things that aren't bad or good and and giving them weird meanings um, and then overusing them sometimes. But um, I, and 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 I do think there was a period where um, over abuse of drugs and even now there are hard drugs and it's it's hard to separate out which are the good guys from which are the I can be bad guys. Um, but it is a time for us to think about the conditions that we live in and how to help people address them um, in a different, innovative fashion. You know, I often, I'm a blue ocean strategist. Blue ocean is about creating new markets. You're a blue ocean guy. You know, you have a great red sweater on. I do love it. I do like red, as you can tell. Uh, but I think we both should be in blue today because we're swimming in a blue ocean. And we're not quite we sure are. where it's going, but we're creating the market for tomorrow. So as we're about ready to wrap, two or three things you'd like our listeners not to forget, other than who Nathan Richter is and where we can find you, but uh, some thoughts that you'd like to share as your, la as your last thoughts. So um, the one thing I would want people to remember about me is that uh, I was put on this earth to serve others, and that's what I do every day. That's what my company does every day. And I hope that by and large, when people get out of bed every day, that's what they do. They serve others. That ripple effect makes the world a better place, whether we have it in our little small community or the bigger world at large. Um, so the three things to take away from that is, one, always keep God in your heart. Two, mindset matters. It really does. Uh, and three, lead with love. Because if you lead with love and kindness and you have your mind right, you're going to have the biggest impact you can in the world. You know, Nathan, um, often uh, teach part of the science of well-being. And for us to be healthy isn't a hard. Acts of kindness make us feel better. Saying thank you is a gratitude. It makes those hormones in your brain, the oxytocin, go, oh, this is wonderful. And the act of doing it is as important as receiving it. The, you know, running like you do or exercise. Uh, eating well, okay, that's not that hard. You got to figure out what the good guys are. Um, but here's something new that could help in that whole mix of things. And really, you know, take your well-being, particularly sleep, but perhaps something else that's keeping you up and keeping you challenged and, and helping it diminish so that every day is a gift. You know, you don't want to waste this present. It, it is the only moment you've got. And before you know it, it's gone, right? That's right. The most, you know, the most important thing we have. When I ask people, what's the most important thing you have in your life? And most people are like, oh, it's my wife or my kids or my or my husband or my spouse or my husband. I'm like, nope, it's the next breath you take. 
I promise. <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Atlantic had a great quote. I understand death, and I get it. I'm just pissed by it. <laughs> and I said, That's great. I said, I got that. And I can see him saying it. Ah, uh, just piss me off. Uh, this has been such fun. Nathan, where can people reach you? And I promise I'll put that in our blogs and podcasts and all the rest. But best way to reach you or to reach... Um, uh, nature's key or however to find out more about what you do. Yeah. Best way to reach my companies is uh, through our website. So transcend.life uh, will take to the CBD company. Nature's key.us takes people to uh, the medical cannabis company. The best way to reach me is through uh, email. Really it's Nathan at nature's edibles.com. Uh, N-A-T-H-A-N at naturekeyedibles.com. I'm also on uh, on socials. Uh, I'm on Twitter at InRichterESQ. Uh, that's really the only social I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a very interesting conversation. I'm so glad you reached out. I'm so glad we had an opportunity to educate and inform our, our listeners to something that could be of great value to them. I promise I'll get your podcast out quickly. And we'll share. For my listeners, I'll do my normal wrap. Um, my two books are there for you. They're here to help you. You know, Nathan's point, why do we do what we do? I do it to help others, to share wisdom, and hopefully give you something that might help you see yourself and others in a fresh light. So On the Brink is there to help you run your business better. And Rethinking Women, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business is a startup for my new book coming out with Edie Frazier and Robin Spiesman. And it's coming out in September, uh, actually September 26, 2023. It's called Women Mean Business. And it's amazing wisdom of 101 trailblazing women. But all of us want to elevate others, amplify the message, help people see the world through a fresh lens and not think that everything is lost. You know, I often say, if you want to change, have a crisis. I hope you don't. But I do think that you shouldn't waste a crisis either. And what Nathan has done is taken his own crisis and turned it into an opportunity to help others, both to get a good night's sleep, but also to see the benefits of that. Because it's not just sleep. It's not just the dreams. It's really to feel really energized the next day and really living a, a great life. So for all of my great listeners, send me all your ideas for wonderful people. Info at andysimon.com. And I'm going to say goodbye. Please stay healthy, stay well. Remember, we help you take observations and turn them into innovations, just like Nathan did. It's been wonderful. Nathan, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Bye now. Bye.